Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you for pressing play on this episode. I think it's such a fun one. I am recording this intro after having talked to Thara, and I find her to be so intentional and genuine and kind. I'm just such a huge fan. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. I got chills at several different moments. I teared up during one moment. And um, for a little bit of background, if you don't know who she is, she's a queer model and actor based in New York City and LA. Her background is in sketch comedy and dramatic monologue. And she's also a Wellesley College graduate, which I extra love because Wellesley is part of the consortium I go to college in. And I just love historically women's institutions. I went to an all-girls high school, and I have a very special place in my heart for them. What do you like to do? How did you get here? What's your story? Oh my god, that's a big question. Um, so I grew up in Minnesota. Um, my parents both uh, love the arts. They met in the theater. Um, they both work in medicine, but like really really loved the arts they were both city rats in Delhi like club kids fashion kids um the whole thing and then they moved to Minnesota which was very different (laughs) um but they they wanted to get out of India and and hopefully give my brother and I a better life of course and in Minnesota they really cultivated a like a art first or art focused lifestyle um alongside obviously being kind of your typical like do well in school Indian parents you know like get good jobs like be financially independent um so I was really grateful to have grown up like caring a lot about fashion and editorial and clothes and Indian art and Hindi as well as like American art and theater and movies and everything um And so that was really cool. My parents always really pushed my acting and my painting. And I grew up doing Mahindi from a really young age. Um, I went to Wellesley initially to study film. I was like, I want to be on TV. That's my goal. It is what it is. Um, When I went to Wellesley after my, my freshman year and my sophomore year doing film, I kind of was looking at the upperclassmen from the film program, like, damn, like you guys don't have jobs. And pragmatically, like, I'm not in a position to like live off my parents. I'm not in a position to go work as a PA for $10 an hour and have my parents help support me. Like I was like, I need to, I need to be able to work and the TV stuff, like it'll come to me. I just, I have to get a STEM degree so that I can count on income after college. So I switched major, I added majors. Um, I added CS, um, computer science for those who might not know, um, to my track. So I have a a film degree and a CS degree. Um, And basically it was like, I just need to work as an engineer for a few years and try to like make it 
in entertainment. Um, <clears throat> in college, I was, I think, always thinking a lot about culture. Um, I guess, like, I can say that pretty broadly, but thinking a lot about things I learned from my mom about, like, ancient Indian culture, ancient Hinduism. Um, my parents practice sort of like a radical form of Hinduism. Maybe people call it an original form. I don't know if that's true, but thinking a lot about, um, I was thinking a lot about, yeah, culture and race and um, things like that. And then also just like doing my CS degree. Um, and then, yeah, after college, I worked at Google for two years. Um, I left to start my own little tech company. It's a data analytics company that I was like, I can do this and have more free time to like pursue the arts because working at Google, I was not really able to put as much of myself into what I wanted to be doing. Um, but I kind of needed that financial stability. Um, and while I was at Google, I did produce a web series, but it's like not good and don't watch it. Um, but the week I left Google, I got scouted as a model, which is really exciting. So I was like, I'd always loved fashion. I just didn't know that I could model. Um, and so I started modeling. Um, and then during the pandemic really was like, I just really wanted to start like moving towards television. And I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. Like I've been acting forever. I've been doing sketch comedy forever. I have like all these YouTube videos and stuff like that. But I was like, I don't know. I feel like I need to get discovered or something. So I was like, let me just go on TikTok. I'd never downloaded, I'd never like been on the app before. And yeah, I think my first inclination was really just to talk about culture and things that I was really toying with and thinking about. Um, and I think something really cool about the internet as it pertains to culture for those of us who are from, who are second generation or, of the diaspora is like, we do learn a lot. I think, it, I think the internet is a really cool way to storytell and to pass down traditions and to learn about our own culture. And I, and that was a big part of my thesis that I wrote in college was about how Mehindi is literally just like, you just see it and you recreate it. Like it's literally just, I don't know, vibes. Um, and how I, when I was learning how to do Mahindi, like would go to Google images. And I think that's like really powerful. I think that's really cool that that's a way that we're able to share culture. And so that was a big part of what I was, I guess, talking about on TikTok just accidentally. And then, then later, then like once I started getting a following, I was like, wait, this is like, this is like commodifying my really precious brain space and ideas. And if I'm going to be doing that, I want it to be really intentional. And I needed more boundaries between my like precious ideas and TikTok because it's just such a like monster of a thing. So that's, that inspired me to make my um, mini series, which is like a narrative fictional mini series um, about a young queer Desi woman in New York. Uh, and because I was like, I want to be an actor and a writer. And like, why don't I just act and write on TikTok? Like, duh. So I kind of stopped making stuff on TikTok other than the narrative series, um, which was really, really rewarding. There's 10 episodes. I think there's 9 million total views, which I was like, cool. You like made a show that 
more people watched than like a lot of Netflix shows and you spent $500 maybe max just paying people who are in it. Um, so I'm really proud of that. And I think I was, I was doing a lot of work on my auditioning. I got signed, um, to like an acting agent last year and I booked my first TV job. So now I'm in LA, um, for six months shooting a TV show. Um, which is really exciting. So I think my TikTok days are maybe behind me a little bit. Um, and I can't say too much about the show, but um, I am playing a lesbian Daisy character, which is like iconic. <laughs> I get chills talking to you. I mean, everything you said from um, the commodification of self on TikTok and like almost profiting off your culture it, I, I think that could feel so dirty when you're doing it it feels so dirty so the fact that you could take a step back and be intentional like I teared up I think there's so many creators who talk about decolonization by just like wearing a bindi and then profit off that and it feels icky to me and yeah. the fact that you were able to garner nine million views and be this like really empowering big sister um on the internet I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited for your show I think that's yeah. insanely exciting and I see, I think we're seeing this new wave of media with actual real representation and you're mm-hmm. an actual queer Daisy person getting to play a queer Daisy person. So how does that feel? And I want to know more about like your coming out story and how those two parts of your identity intersect. Mm. Wait, so what's the first part of the question? How does it feel playing like this queer Daisy character that I don't think you got to see a lot of when you were growing up? Totally. Um it feels, I mean, I was really excited. Um, I think I need to like learn how to pause in celebration more. And it's like a, a me problem. Um, I think it's, I think I'm really excited. I think it's still taking me a minute to like, like be like, yes, this is happening. It's real. Like I'm having imposter syndrome. Um, but I think it also comes with a lot of responsibility because I like when I'm out and about in New York or even when I was out here in LA, like younger kids recognize me and they're like, Oh my God, like I'm gay. And like, I talked to my therapist about you and like your story, like literally like kids come up to me all the time or they DM me. And I'm just like, Oh, like you have, it's not just like you have hundreds of thousands of followers. It's like you have like people who are really looking up to you. Um, and like, I like what you said about big sister, because I think that's a, the way a lot of my following feels is like very much like the big sister they didn't have that I certainly didn't have. Um, and in this show, I'm portraying a college aged, um, yeah, queer they see. And so I want to be really aware of how I'm carrying that representation. Like, um, I just, it, I hate that it's like, you know, you're the one, you're like the one queer they see right now who's going to be on TV and that's okay, but it's just like, I want to make sure I get it right. Like, I want to make sure everything from the words I'm saying to the way I'm saying it, to the way I'm interacting with other characters, my hair and makeup, like everything, I want it to be, um, like feel like a good representation and I want people to feel good when they see me um, and like, 
yeah, but obviously representation is really challenging and like I have my own issues with it too. Um, but I think it's pretty fucking exciting. Um, it's funny you ask that in tandem with my coming out story because I'm like kind of out to the world and not to my parents, but I was going to come out, uh, I was going to kind of use the show to come out. Um, my parents are like, my mom's like two best friends are gay, like both like gay married with families, which is like really awesome that she has examples of Indian, like they're literally Indian gay people. Um, and I think it's really good that she has examples of like that, like people who are financially stable, who have families, um, who have children, um, but that said, it's always different when it's in your house. She definitely has a fantasy in her head of me marrying some, like, tall Indian man, you know. Um, I'm a tall girl, so that's why I said tall. Um, Meanwhile, yeah. you're very happy in your relationship with your girlfriend. Like My very tall girlfriend, might I add. <laughs> yes. Very happy. Um, yeah, so I, I think for her, it's more about me just being successful and um, financially stable because like we don't have, my parents aren't, we don't have an inheritance, you know, like we're not coming from a place of like, we don't have a lot of other family in the States either. Um, and so it feels like we're very alone. Like my parents understandably from their perspective are like, we just really want our kids to be financially stable, like never have to immigrate anywhere or or think about sending their kids to college or, you know, anything like that. Cause we don't have a lot of other support. Um, so I get their perspective. Um, so I was kind of like waiting for a big opportunity to show her like, look, I'm like gay and successful. And in fact, like maybe even more successful because I'm gay. Um, and I recently came out to my brother. He was like, it was great. He was just like, didn't know that. And I was like, that's crazy that you didn't know that. You guys literally are blind, but okay. Um, yeah, and it went really well. And we kind of thought about ways that we can have the conversation together. Um, so yeah, the coming out story is still unfolding, I guess. Check in with me in like three months. Okay, I absolutely will. And I want to know more. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that she has other people that she knows that are clear and they see. And I, I think that yeah. hopefully will make it a little bit easier for you. Um, and I, I know it's always different when it's in your parents' own household. Um, and I, I think it's just hard being the child of immigrant parents. Do you feel any sort of guilt with it? Um, or like you need to live up to some standard because they've sacrificed so much? I mean, I know I feel that way. Yeah, definitely. I think that was a big part of me, like, making that huge change to go into computer science and be an engineer. Like my parents did not tell me to do that. They were, they were like, you're doing great in your, in your program, you're getting good grades, like do what you need to do. Um, yeah. But that was like a fully like self motivated, um, thing that like literally changed the course of my life. Like I still, I still, despite being on this TV show, have an engineering client um, that I work with on the side. Cause I'm like, what if, what if it doesn't get renewed for another season? Then what? Like, I'm just going to be out on my ass. 
Um, and I'm skipping, I'm literally not modeling for six months, which is like, it's a very momentum based industry. So I like just stopped. So like, I, I don't want to rely on that. Like, yeah, I, I definitely operate in fear and scarcity, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think a lot of children of immigrants do because that's so deeply instilled in us. And then transitioning yeah. from that to abundance mindset can be extra challenging. Um, and do do you remember when you were younger struggling with self-doubt about your own self or body image? Because now when I see you, I see someone who's very sure of her skin and mm. what she's bringing to relationships and the internet and everything you said about intention feels so genuine and true to yourself. Um, and I'm right now struggling a lot with self-doubt with launching this podcast yeah. and telling people I think I deserve to be heard. Um, so what was that kind of growth for you, whether it was body image or the way you look or whatever that may be? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's mostly just, I, th- I think I really suffered. I really had a huge change in my, my life in the last couple of years. Cause I feel like I've been working on it, but self-worth has always been like challenging. Um, just in like, like I've been modeling for years and like, like, I didn't feel like I could call myself a model or like I that's like that sounds like something some shit Bella Hadid would say like oh my god (laughs) so pretty but it's so hard so like whatever but um but like with this acting job like I've literally been acting since I was 15 and I'm like oh my god like no like I like I literally will be on set and I'm like I'm not meant to be here like oh my god like all these other people are like famous and like I'm just like here um as if I didn't work maybe even harder than a lot of those those other people. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed com slash podcast need to hire you need indeed um and I think for me my self-worth showed up more in like romantic relationships the most where I was like really just taking less than I deserved like falling for people who weren't healthy who weren't giving me what I needed who didn't care about my needs I was also not speaking my needs that's even something now I really have to work on with my partner of like who's who meets my needs in every way and is like amazing and healthy and like perfect um yeah and both of us as she's a black woman I'm an Indian woman I think both of us have to work really hard on being like hey like this is what I need and then the other one is like oh my god like of course like let me meet you there (laughs) which is like so crazy (laughs) um and even with my parents I think that's been like the biggest learning maybe of the last year is I've always been pretty scared of my parents because they are a bit of like authoritarians. 
And this past year, I've been like speaking more of my needs to them and then having those needs met, which feels crazy. Um, yeah, because I was definitely terrified of my parents. I still am pretty scared, um, but less, getting less. So I, I want to say that every time I see you and your partner on TikTok, I'm like, they are so hot, like just absolutely stunning. Um, and I'm so glad that you feel like emotionally fulfilled in that relationship. Uh, just the way you talk about it, you're glowing as you're talking about it. And that makes me so, so happy. Um, and I wanted to ask, like, now looking back, you've been an actress for a while. You've been a model for a while. How does it feel for you to be in those industries knowing that they're not designed for you, right? Like they're not designed for a queer, basic woman. Um, and, and I think that's starting to shift and starting to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you feel your like relationship with that evolving and now becoming like this, like big LA star? Like, how is it all changing for you? Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> obviously I'm coming into it at a time where it's the beginning of a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think representation and identity politics is challenging because when you're bringing it to industries like this, the uh, what do you call it? Like the the top pe- the people on the top, the like mm-hmm. decision makers, the the financiers, the executive producers, the produ- like they're kind of. I think a lot of times it feels like they're doing it as a check mark item, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always feel organic, um, right? Like dropping, I don't know, a gay character into like a very straight setting doesn't queerify the setting it just is a random gay person there um and this this goes the same I I feel like a lot of like black writers talk about this too or actors where it's like you can't just like drop a black or a person of color into a white narrative and be like oh well we have our our brown person um (laughs) so we did it but I think it's starting to shift because a lot of writers' rooms are getting more diverse. Um, I'm really lucky that my writer's room is like literally half queer, um, which is crazy. And maybe writers' rooms are always half queer, but now they're like out and proud and like, yeah, we're going to like write a queer story. They're really thoughtful about um, my character's like romantic story and, and what that means and what, what the image is. Um, but every level you go higher above a writer's room with, like higher ups people it's like they might not they're not on the ground with us I think that's what's really challenging about tv and film in general is because it takes so much money to create it it's just older people that are that are making the big decisions it's not it doesn't feel um organic all the time and that's why tiktok is so cool for those of us in marginalized communities because it's like we can make content that feels really organic and like really true to ourselves um what was the question i forgot what was it I, I mean i think you answered it it's like yeah. what the landscape looks like right now and how you've seen it fall yeah um and i'm like so invested in all your future projects and to see what you do knowing yes. you you approach it so genuinely and i i don't know if i've seen many people approach it with the same level of intention and care and knowledge of the responsibility and I don't want you to like freak out over that responsibility but it's so nice to know that you know you're holding it um and I guess my 
last question would be, what would you tell your younger self? I mean, I'm a lot younger than you. What would you tell your like 10-year-old self or 15-year-old self? Um, and because at that age, I think you're so full of doubt and uncertainty. So what would you tell her? Uh, that's a hard question. I would say, like, stand up for yourself, like, speak up for yourself. And I don't think that needs to, that, I don't mean that in the sense of, like, be fighting people, but just, like, I just am always afraid to speak what's on my mind, especially as it pertains to myself, because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be too much or too annoying or too much, I don't know, whatever, Um, in the smallest ways, like, just learning to stand up for yourself um, is really important. I wish I had done that more and speak my desires. And I think also just straight up, like believed in myself more, like as much as I'm so excited to be in the position I am right now, I'm like, damn, if I had really believed in myself at a younger age, like maybe I would have been 20 in the same position, which like, whatever, I'm still going to do great things and I'm doing great things. But you know what I mean? It's just like, I could have like, not I don't know I don't know yeah I would say just stand up for yourself yeah yeah I think think young women are so often taught to shrink themselves and palatable um and I I really like that answer and I think I would say something very similar um and I also like that you set out romantic relationships because I think I've been I've only dated men and I I do the same thing and it's like nice to know that everyone kind of struggles with that. And the second you free yourself from those shackles, um, you just enter a lot nicer, healthier relationships. Thank you for coming on. And if we're ever in the same city, I would love to get lunch with you. Absolutely. And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at Maltalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.